Welcome to the Active for Life podcast. My name is Richard Monette. I'm the Managing Director at Active for Life, and I'll be your host today. You know, in a world where children are less likely to be physically active, our purpose at Active for Life is to help Canadian parents raise physically literate children. And today we're going to talk to a specialist in this field. Dr. John Kearney is, is a Canadian professor who conducts leading-edge research into children's physical literacy. And John has a special interest in the role that physical activity plays in the health and quality of life of children. So, John, thank you very much for joining us today and uh, talking about your work. Thanks could for having you, me. Could you just um, give us an idea of your general background and the work you do in the uh, sector of physical literacy for children? Sure. Um, I'm a professor in the Faculty of Kinesiology and Physical Education at the University of Toronto, and I'm also director of the Infant and Child Health Research Lab. We actually have two locations for the Inch Lab, uh, one at McMaster University and, and one here at U of T. And uh, I'm also the uh, director of the Sport for Life Research Group, uh, chair of the research group for physical literacy. Uh, so I have a number of different uh, hats that I wear, but but basically my time is really split between um, researching, speaking, and talking to whomever will listen about the importance of physical literacy for overall child health and development. Sounds like you're quite busy. Could you tell us a bit about the Inch Lab? That's an interesting name. What is it all about? Uh, thank you. Yeah, we are we are bringing back the empirical system of measurement one step at a time. No, infant infant inch is for infant and child health research lab. And I started the lab um, well more than five years ago now, largely because we received uh, quite a substantial grant from the Canadian Institutes of Health Research to conduct a longitudinal study of early motor development in children. So we were, we were looking at children basically between the ages of four and five, and we were interested in the interrelationships between their motor development and other aspects of their health. And so one of the hypotheses that, hypotheses that we were interested in specifically was whether children who struggled with motor coordination early in life were, would be set on long-term negative trajectories related to physical inactivity and some of the consequences of being physically inactive, like obesity and other cardiometabolic disorders. Um, so it's really a quite unique study, and it provided us with the funding and the support that we needed to, to bring a, a group of really highly trained and skilled researchers together to answer that basic question. From there, it really developed into a more general interest, not only in motor development, but in physical literacy more broadly, and how we might think about um, interventions to support the development of physical literacy, uh, particularly in the early years, but really right across the life course. So, so why is it so important to develop physical literacy, especially in younger children? Well, one of the things I really like about the concept of physical literacy, and, and, and there are a number of different definitions, but the, the simplest definition that, that, that I use is one that's endorsed by the International Physical Literacy Association, which is that physical literacy is the competence, confidence, and knowledge to be physically active for to be physically active and to value physical activity across one's life. And so when we talk about physical literacy, we talk about it explicitly as a, as a learning construct, very, very similar to literacy uh, in terms of basic reading skills and also numeracy, basic math skills. So I like to think of literacy broadly as, you know, both the cognitive 
and physical uh, skills and attributes and, and states that children need to have in order to be successful. Uh, unfortunately, unlike literacy and numeracy, which most parents and teachers regard as fundamental to early education for children and education really across the life course, physical literacy doesn't have quite the same um, reputation or isn't as regarded often as as important as other aspects of literacy. And so one of the things that we've been trying to do is raise awareness about the importance of physical literacy and why it's as important as other kinds of literacies for overall child health and development. So really uh, developing physical literacy in younger children, it's like giving them the ABCs of how to move, move well and move for a lifetime. That's a great way of, of thinking about it. Um, we, I had a colleague um, who, who used to say, you know, we, we, we understand the importance of reading for children, but we don't just drop a book in, in a child's lap and say, here you go, learn to read. We, we support their development and their reading uh, habits and, and, and give them the tools that they need in order to be effective readers. In physical activity, we, we often sometimes assume that children just naturally have the skills that they need in order to be physically active. And, and we know from the research that that's simply not true. So just like we need to support reading, we need to support physical development, physical literacy. What I find especially interesting in what you said is that really by, by giving children the skills, the confidence and the competence, what you actually do is you develop their ability to do it by themselves, to really learn to enjoy being physically active and moving and playing. 100%. I, I like to use the term autonomous participation. That's, that's my goal. My goal is to instill the competence, the confidence, but also the love of movement and the ability to be able to use those movement skills in varied and diverse social and physical contexts. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, being able to play with others, being able to play uh, with uh, on one's own, um, being able to uh, have the physical competencies that are required to navigate water, air, land, a whole diverse range of environments. And I think the more tools we give children, the more they'll be able to experiment with movement in different and creative ways, developing that love and joy of movement that's so critically important for autonomous participation, which, as you point out, is self-directed, I'm doing this because I want to do it, because I see the value, because I enjoy it, because I'm competent and confident. Uh, if we can achieve that, then we are uh, going a long way to achieving our broader goals of increasing physical activity uh, in the population in general and children in particular. You know, uh, as you know, at Active for Life, we're, we've got a special relationship with parents. Who are, 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 our field is really uh, knowledge translation. We, we try to take scientific uh, knowledge and translate it in a language that parents will understand. From that perspective, what should parents know about the importance of their kids moving? Because there's all these campaigns saying your kid should move, your kid will be sick if they don't move. What's the gist of it? What's really the essence of why they should move? You know, I think that's a it's a it's a great question. And while it's certainly true that there are health consequences of being chronically sedentary, of of not being physically active, and and those are fairly well known cardiovascular disease, risk increase, uh, certain forms of cancer, diabetes. And increasingly now we, we see links between physical inactivity and mental well-being and me mental health problems like depression and anxiety. 
So we know the importance of, of physical activity for overall health. Um, but what we, what we sometimes forget, especially in childhood, is that the child's developing brain is a, a complex structure that's that's navigating the it's, it's providing the child the ability to navigate their world and their environment. You know, Piaget was a, a famous psychologist many many decades ago. He talked about the incredible development in a child's cognitive abilities, that's thinking and reasoning, when the child was able to move from being dependent upon mom and dad for, for movement to independent movement, whether it was through crawling or, or eventually walking and running. And if we just think for a moment from, from common sense perspective, when a child first learns how to walk and to move independently, that child's universe literally changes. You know, not only are they now, uh, as, as we said earlier, an autonomous actor, they have the ability to, to direct themselves where they want to go. They can explore their environment, engage with things in their environment in ways that they were not able to do before. And so we know in, in, in the modern, uh, modern neuroscience that the links between movement and cognitive ability are much, much stronger than we than we previously thought. Um, even in, despite those insights of Piaget, we now know at a neurological level that there are important linkages between the areas of the brain that govern movement and the areas of the brain that govern learning and cognitive cognition thinking. Um, and we know there's connections further to feeling states like affect and uh, whether it's enjoyment or positive uh, well-being in general. So I, I say to parents, uh, supporting your child's physical literacy journey just like supporting their reading, their literacy journey or their numeracy journey is really supporting the overall development of the child. We need to move from seeing physical activity and movement uh, play even as something separate from learning. We need to embrace it as part of learning and overall development. It's, it's essential to who we are as people and it's essential for healthy development. And so, yes, being physically active um, can have some health benefits, but it's really much broader than that. It's really about, at, at a fundamental level, it's about the essence of who we are as human beings. And really, really importantly, in early childhood, it's essential to an early child's learning and, and, and overall uh, child development. And so that's the message that I think we need to work a little bit more on. It shouldn't be a fear over physical inactivity leading to chronic health problems later in life. It should be about supporting and optimizing overall development of the child right now through activities that, quite frankly, kids find fun and engaging. They, they want to play. We do more to suppress children's movement and, and, and limit their ability to express themselves uh, through their play and physical activity. Um, we need to stop that and let kids be kids and, and, and we really reap the benefits. We all reap the benefits of that, that positive development if we, if we simply let those opportunities um, uh, occur. So, so I think it's fair to say that physically literate children uh, are more likely to be physically active. And, and that's not only a matter of becoming healthier, but also it helps them do better socially, emotionally, psychologically even to learn better at school and potentially the relationship between doing better at school and success in life and so on. So it's really, as you say, it's really essential. It's elemental for yes. human to move, to be happy and do well. Exactly. And, uh, it, it, and I really like how you phrase that. Uh, um, it, it is really about being human and it's the essence of who we are. 
but again, I think the the importance is uh, the importance of a physical literacy approach or any promote that pr- any approach that promotes that autonomous participation is reinforcing the idea that we're, we're helping people find themselves through their movement expressions, through the kinds of activities that they want to engage in. Give, by giving them the tools, we give them the choice. With the choice comes the enjoyment, the competence, the confidence when they're adequately supported. And all of those other positive benefits, whether they're learning, cognitive, emotional well-being, physical health, flow from that initial investment in, in just simply giving children the tools, the opportunity, and the space to develop physically. I'm gonna, so I know that you're involved in research, but you're also involved at what I call the grassroots, the, the front line uh, of the, this, this battle we're having in, in getting children to move again and also to get our society to appreciate the importance of being physically active. So, so why are we having such a hard time? As you said yourself, we know these things. We know that we must move. So why are we having such a hard time in making sure that everyone is moving? Well, you know, there's some big heady explanations for, for why that is. Some, some people link it to, to evolution, uh, you know, in, 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 a, in, in thousands and thousands of years ago when we were hunter gatherers, we would have had to have developed the capacity to conserve energy efficiently because we would have gone through periods of time where food wouldn't have been plentiful, where we would have had to have uh, relied on our skill as hunters and, and, and gatherers to, to, to get basic substance. And, and really what's happened in, in a relatively short period of time is we're no longer dependent upon that hunter-gatherer existence. We live in a society that's rich in calories, rich in food, um, and, and rich in technology that doesn't require us to move in the same way that we did before. So some would go as far as arguing that we're hardwired to be sedentary to a certain degree, and, and that's one of the consequences that we're now feeling as we as we shift as as we evolve into a more technologically dependent um, society but you know i i think another reason that we haven't been successful and and i think one of the reasons why physical literacy is hopeful as as an approach as a philosophy and as a method is that we've we've tended in the past to rely on negative messaging um, so we, we, we tell people, you know, if you're not physically active, you're at greater risk for disease, your, your life expectancy isn't as long, um, all of these things. And, and while they're true, um, they, they don't necessarily come with a positive or hopeful message. They come with a negative message. And I think it's, it's sometimes not effective to, to have that kind of approach. And, and I think what's interesting about physical literacy is if we emphasize that competence, confidence, enjoyment, knowledge are the key elements that that people need in order to be physically active. That we're giving them the the wide array of tools that they can that they can use to be active in what they choose to be active in, whether it's sport or whether it's exercise or whether it's simply moving more and sitting less, experimenting with different activities, dance, uh, martial arts, a, a whole range of different things then it's it's a more hopeful message because it's really encouraging people to embrace that part of themselves which is that human as mover and and want to develop and 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 become more engaged in that 
And, and I think that's one of the reasons why people have become so interested in physical literacy, because it isn't about negative messaging. It's about positive messaging. And it's about self-selection and, and supporting people on their individual journeys to achieve what they want to achieve in terms of their own movement goals. I really like what you're saying in terms of, 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 of the way to approach this uh, in a hopeful, positive fashion. Uh, one thing we've learned at Active for Life is that Giving, communicating facts to parents is important. They need to know about, about you know, what matters for their children, but they also need solutions. They also need support. They need answers as well. So it's not just giving facts, but it's, it, it's teaching the, the, the why and the how to help their kids move more. Um, one last question for you, John. Where do you think we need to go next as a society? What changes would you like to see in our society so that we do actually come at it together, that, that we all work together to get children to be more physically active and, and really adopt this, this physical literacy philosophy or approach to life? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great question. And in some ways, my answer is, is, is partially contained in the way that you framed the question. You said, how do we all come together? And, and, and I think that really is the challenge. You know, how do we bring sectors together? How do we bring sport and education and the creative arts and um, all of those stakeholders, parents, educators, researchers, scientists, um, knowledge translation, dissemination experts like, like yourself. How do we all come together to solve what is really a very, very difficult problem to solve, which is how do we f swim against the current of, of technology to a certain degree? How do we swim against the current of fear about uh, safety and, and risk elements that are sometimes involved in the decisions parents make about restricting their children's play opportunities? We need to think globally and act locally, to borrow that term from the environmental movement. We need to think about ways in which we can work together, think about ways in which we can influence individual behavior, change environments, change policies, um, all of these kinds of things. But we need to also be acting at a local level so that we're trying to implement some of those broader things. You know, I, I, I think it's interesting. You know, we're an interesting historical time. Um, there's lots of attention about the environment. There's there's lots of concern about global warming and and some of the consequences of uh, of modernization to our environment. The physical literacy movement needs to be linked to the environmental movement because um, one of the things that we promote with physical literacy and physical activity is is active transport. You know, is not relying on automobiles but walking more, um, cycling more. And, and that is an environmentally sensible thing to do as much as it is a sensible thing to do from, from a physical literacy perspective. But we need to work with community planners and city planners to make sure that we have safe spaces for, for cycling, that we have cycling paths, that we have green spaces where people can play. So I, I know I'm sounding grandiose here, but I, I really do believe that the more we can coordinate with other movements in, in our society, in our culture, whether it's the environmental movement, whether it's, it's organizations in education and healthcare, 
all of these pieces are interconnected. And I think the more we see those interconnected pieces, the more we see opportunities for collaboration and the more we see opportunity for common messages that are going to be beneficial to individuals, to communities, to whole societies. Yeah. Well, achieving uh, common messages is sometimes challenging as many organizations, um, you know, basically favor one kind of messaging and another, another kind. So I think what you're relating to is that we we need as a sector or as as a society maybe a shared common purpose of improving uh, life in general, and that 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 does sound grandiose in some ways, but it's also very feasible if we start in simple ways. I mean, what you work, what you do your research in, just simply getting younger children to develop physically lit, physical literacy early on is important. Uh, what I see today's children basically developing the habits of being inactive. You know, they're, they're on their phone. They don't go to the park. They don't play outside. So what they learn early on is to be inactive. So there's a lot of work to be done, but I know you're doing amazing work in, in this field. And uh, we really appreciate you sharing your time with us this morning and sharing your insights and wisdom. And uh, you're welcome on our podcast anytime, John. So thank you very much. Thanks for having me. 